All right, without further ado. Chris Ann Hall received her bachelor's degree in biochemistry from Blackburn College. And her Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. She served in the U.S. Army as a military intelligence cryptologic linguist. She was a prosecutor for the state of Florida for nearly a decade. Chris Ann also worked with a prominent national First Amendment law firm where she traveled the country defending Americans whose rights were violated by unlawful arrests and prosecutions. She has written six books on American history and the U.S. Constitution. Chris Ann is a regular consultant on numerous radio, podcasts, and television programs. Without further ado, Chris Ann Hall! Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, JC, and welcome everybody who is joining us today. Just so you know, this is a pre-record show because JC and I are headed out this afternoon to... St. Cloud, Florida? Yes. St. Cloud, Florida, just southeast of of uh, Orlando. Disney World. Yep, just south, southeast of Disney World. Right. And so uh, we are going to be teaching there tonight. And so we're recording early, just so you know, out of a kind courtesy, letting you know, because you guys always like, why aren't you answering my questions? <laughs> because <laughs> we're not here today. But we do want to thank you in advance for all your thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe so that you always get your notifications. You have to ring the bell too. So you have to go like 37 steps because YouTube wants and Facebook wants to be sure that you actually know that you're following us. It's not yeah, right. by some mistake that you've clicked four other times to get our notifications. But, you know, here we are. And so we would thank you in advance for that. We thank you for any super chats that you send our way because your support makes things possible here. This great new studio that we have, JC, so awesome. I'm already getting lots of compliments on the new studio and how it works and cool. how it looks. And uh, I got to do uh, Victory TV today, which is one of my favorites to do kind of makes me feel like a bona fide journalist, <laughs> which is good because, you know, this is part two of how Americans have been taught to be deceived, right? We're talking about propaganda. We're talking about disinformation. So just a little review. Remember propaganda is a tool to manipulate people into believing a specific ideology or political platform. And disinformation being different than misinformation, disinformation is bad information used to intentionally deceive. Misinformation is bad information without intent, but disinformation is bad information with intent. So I thought I'd start off today's show, JC, with a little bit of 
comic relief, perhaps. I don't know if you want to call it that. Bless his dear heart. Okay. But we have oh, a, a video of uh, Biden, right? Uh, and he is about to give a speech. Oh, and I forgot to do it again. Oh, you know, it should be an opt out button, JC, not an opt in button. So here is the latest gaffe by Biden. Now, this is a two parter, JC, because I not only have and, and, and this is this is partially why I did this. I not only have this video, but I also have Snopes answering the question, did Biden forget the defense secretary's name? Oh wow! Yeah, Snopes is already on that. So let's let's good job, Snopes. Yeah, let's hear this now. Oh, alrighty then. Let me go ahead and try to refresh this so that we can be sure that we're actually getting something this time. It's from the New York Post. From the New York Post. All right. There we go. All right. Share it again. So is this a press conference? This Some is, sort of press conference? Well, this is the press conference uh, about... Oh, ah! My fault. <laughs> about the um, nomination of the two female generals. Okay. Okay, so this is him on the International Women's Appreciation Day or whatever that was. Thank you both, and I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my... my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we just talked about. And so let's let's hear that again. These two women for let's hear that again because I, I want you to hear it twice so you can you know really get a full feel of how Snopes is going to deal with this, right? Thank you both, and I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh the guy who runs that outfit over there so the guy who runs that outfit over there hmm. and he never says his name now watch how snopes deals with this because this is this is for me i i found this once again we're talking about propaganda and disinformation right so this is snopes published today today is the ninth Yes. So published today, did Biden forget Defense Secretary Austin's name? And it says, uh, Biden said, I want to thank Sec, the former general. I keep calling him General My, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Okay. So watch what Snope does. Typical here. Biden word salad. Yeah, word salad, right? Snope says it's half true, half false, whether he actually forgot his name. So. The claim is U.S. President Joe Biden forgot the name of his defense secretary during a speech. What's true is there is a video shows Biden fumbling his words and apparent blanking on defense secretary Lloyd's, Lloyd Aston's, Austin's name at one point in the speech, although he had mentioned Austin's name a few minutes earlier without issue. It's unclear 
This is the mixture part. Mm -hmm. It's unclear whether Biden literally forgot his defense secretary's name at the moment or whether, for example, he got stuck doing an extended folksy ad lib after initially tripping over his words. And so look at this. They, they I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't see that one option is better than the other. Right. But let's go on and says he just stumbled over his yeah. words and tripped. No, no, no. It gets and even better. This is a genuine. So it came up. This guy, whoops, Biden forgets on Twitter. You won't see it because I'm Twitter banned. Uh, whoops, Biden forgets the name of the Pentagon, as well as the name of his secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin. So the he's. Snope says, yeah, this is a genuine video from a speech Biden delivered on International Women's Day. He said at the end of the speech, or Snope says, at the end of the speech, Biden thanked his defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, but fumbled over his words. And then they give the transcript. It says, Biden truly did fumble his words while referring to defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, during the, this portion of his speech. It should be noted, however, that Biden did refer to Austin earlier in his speech. It should be also noted, Snope, and Snope says, that Biden was likely reading from a teleprompter during his event. And while the virtual interpretation of this clip is that viral. Biden, what'd you say? While the viral. Oh, the viral, sorry. While the viral interpretation of this clip is that Biden, quote, forgot the Austin's name, Another, yeah, that's what name. it says, what the Austin's mean? name. I don't know. I guess Snope doesn't know how to speak either. But another plausible explanation would be that Biden tripped over the word secretary and then stumbled through an overly folksy correction. I'm not entirely certain what that <laughs> last, what, what is, they keep using this folksy. folksy what yeah. is, what is with that? I don't know. Okay. What is that term? Can you look that up? We got to know what that, because definitions mean everything, right? Folksy. So here's my folksy having the characteristics of traditional culture and customs, especially <laughs> in a contrived or artificial way. Uh, Okay, secondary meaning informal and unpretentious. <laughs> Is that what they're referring to? You just so in. I guess that's so unpretentious. They, I guess they mean to say off the cuff. So yeah, informal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. rather than reading the formal speech, he tried to go off the cuff. So I why didn't they why say they, off would, the cuff? Yeah, why correction? would? It's just weird, folksy. Yeah, what, folksy. Is, what does that mean? But they kept using that term through this whole thing, folksy. But you see, JC, I'm sorry. I just can't see where yeah, it's Dan any... Evan found a new word. Yeah. Like he just yeah. wanted to use it. Like apoplectic. It's such a good word. But folksy is not... Like apoplectic is a much better word than folksy. Who who would use folksy? Like, oh, well, I found a new word. Let's say folksy. But you have folksy. two definitions of folksy. One, which is not very flattering, by the way. Yeah. So was this... A contrived and yeah, artificial right. Does he statement? mean this is contrived or yeah. you, do you mean it's informal? Right. Is it contrived or informal? Because Maybe they it's both contrived seem... and informal. And informal. Can you well, be contrived and not be formal? Sure. Uh, I think the whole thing misses, you know, they go out of their way to cover for Biden and it misses the whole, I, I think the bigger picture here when you, so there's nowhere in the article to say uh, that says, this is something that 
is a habit of Biden <laughs> in the last several years. Oh my goodness, and, he just stood up and gave and, this speech. And alarmingly, and right? This is what I would have added here that I think would be very important if these guys claim to be journalists and have some sort of high moral obligation to truth mm -hmm. and informing people, you know, and seriously concerned about the welfare of America. Right. Y you would have something that says this has become a pattern in Biden's behavior and his speech. Right. And alarmingly, if you look back to earlier speeches and public appearances of Biden, he right. did not speak in this stumbling, uncertain manner. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then, of course, the follow up to that would be one would naturally be concerned for the president's mental well-being and capacity. Yeah. I mean, that there's nothing partisan about that. Right. Yeah. If you if you you know, if, if you're concerned with your country, then certainly you would want a president with a let's say adequate level of mental acuity and it yeah. is very evident that this president has a problem why is why well we know why but it, it just <laughs> how hypocritical is it of all that we heard about the previous president from the this same media this and 25th we need to we need to have a doctor assess donald trump's mental stability and we need to they actually had discussion on the house yeah. floor about the 25th amendment and removing trump from office but jc they're going to talk about the 25th amendment and biden no because remember they elected him they to get for? rid of him what are they waiting for I mean, they, this is, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And well, do they I, just want it to run its own course? Do they want, are they waiting for um, the Democrat electorate to, for this conversation to gain steam? This, and we've said this since I think the latter half of the campaign, because to be very honest with you, when I watched the earlier sort of pre-COVID and this begs the question, did the guy catch whatever's going on during COVID? And he, there's some effects here because I'm just being honest and objective. When I watched President Biden pre-COVID, mm -hmm. when he's out on the trail, like he's he's with the uh, the workers in Michigan. And he's, when he was candidate he's Biden. He's bullying some guy, candidate yeah. Biden. He's bullying some dude. He's challenging people to push-ups. And he's just, he's aggressive and all this. There came a point. Suddenly... He's canceling events. He's hiding from public view. And, and, and then after that, every time you see him from that point forward, the guy seems half comatose. Mm -hmm. He cannot complete a coherent se sentence. He makes entire speeches that are incomprehensible. He's making up words. He's speaking gibberish. He looks feeble. He's almost falling down when he goes to his inauguration. Mm -hmm. And all of that crowd who was screaming just several months before about another politician, the other president, uh, are suspiciously quiet about this issue. This man has a problem. It is very clear. It is abundantly clear. When you compare just from the beginning of his campaign, much less videos from speeches earlier in his career, you know, farther back where these things 
did not happen. Everybody can stumble over words. We, we probably already stumbled over words in this broadcast. Everybody does that from time to time. This is not what we're talking about. This is a consistent pattern of this man speaking gibberish, not seeming to know where he is, who he is, who the people are around him, who the people are in his administration. From moment to moment, the guy does not know where he's at and what's going on. Why? This is a this is a rhetorical question. Let me just make it a statement. These people want to seem completely unconcerned with what ought to be a major issue. This is a problem. Get the guy some treatment and get him out of office. Are we are is the media waiting like they're hoping for clickbait so they can start you know the whole several months uh, media. Uh, theater of we had a president die in office. This is a solemn occasion. Are, they they want they want people stuck to the TV and watching their TV that that they're just waiting and waiting for something to happen to this guy. The guy to stroke out, just pass out, start foaming at the mouth uh, during some major event. Is that what they're waiting on? Get this guy some treatment. Send him, send him to an old folks home. Send him home. Let get him a nurse. Let somebody take care of him. We don't need to watch the president of the United States of America uh, show up one day to a press conference and just be completely blank, absolutely unable to utter a word, start shaking and fall out on stage. We, I mean, they're already complaining. The, these, this media complains about how the world views us. How is the world going to view us when you have you know, a mental paraplegic fall out in front of the world because they love their ratings and the political drama, more, which we know this is the case, more than they care about the well-being of a fellow human being. I don't, I'm, I'm totally, I'm an anti-fan of Biden as far as his politics, but the man is a human being with clear medical problems. He needs help. This is evil. This is abusive. I mean, I, I wish no evil on Joe Biden as a human being. The man needs treatment. What is going on here? This is ridiculous. And the left is so disgusting, so evil. Not only, I mean, they use all the pretense of the BLM, Black Lives Matter, you know, women and gays and blah, blah, blah. We all care about you. They don't care about people. And they clearly now their very president is a pawn and a tool in their script and skin. And they don't give a damn about the well-being of President Joe Biden. The man needs help. Get him help. This is disgusting. Rant over. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's been going on for a long time. The man didn't even know who his wife is. Right. What's even more wicked is his wife. As as a wife, I would not be allowing yeah. my Jill. husband to suffer from this What's kind of elder abuse. This is elder abuse. And the whole thing. So I, I, we've sort of digressed away from what the topic of the show today <laughs> is, 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 you know, the propaganda, the manipulation and, and what I'm want you I to see. I think it fits perfectly yeah, you, because he's you have, a puppet. Yeah. At this point, he's a puppet. I mean, the whole the whole government is propaganda now because yeah. he's not the who's pulling the strings. You have to ask the guy that who, who is this mentally incapable who, who's pulling the strings. Right. So yeah. the whole thing is propaganda. Yeah. And then you have something that everybody in the world can watch happen. Everybody in the world sees this happen. Everybody in the world 
here's what happens, right? He did not stumble over the word secretary. That is not what happened. He did not stumble over any, you know, like you stumble over words when you're talking. The man had a cognitive breakdown. It's even so in this whole thing, a with hiccup scope, at least. Not like this was yeah. hugely major, right. but it's crash. but it's another but, piece right. in the continual pattern. This is not him stumbling over secretary. He said, you know, the guy that runs that thing. No, it almost that like outfit he, over he there. forgot he he started to say secretary like he didn't know secretary of what. And between the time he said his name earlier and half of the position, it seems more more to me when I listen to him like he forgot what the guy's job was. Okay, but my secretary, uh, uh, right? What kind of sec secretary yeah, of state, yeah, secretary yeah. of defense? Uh, you know, the guy that runs that office over there. Okay, what's yeah. that office? Like he didn't. It, it, this that's how it struck me. Not that he forgot the guy's name; that may have been part of it. But like he didn't. Even, he he no longer even knew what department he was talking okay. about. But look at the propaganda from Scott. Crazy from Snopes, right? The propaganda from Snopes is that he didn't really forget anything. Yeah. That he tripped over the word secretary. And in my humble opinion, when you see the video and hear that explanation, it doesn't really help him because both are equally as bad when you take it into context. And then they point out that he was likely reading from a teleprompter. So at some <laughs> point in time, he stops reading or is unable to read the teleprompter yeah. and starts winging it. Right. And then he can't wing it. And so then you have <laughs> all this problem. And so this whole folksy yes. correction thing, if you're reading a teleprompter, you don't need to correct right. anything. Just go back, start over and keep reading. <laughs> that, so that is, is how... a very, very, very sad attempt. Yes. A very obvious attempt at it is manipulation and propaganda and this is disinformation yes. this is bad information with the intent to deceive the people Correct. i actually have a theory on this because it's profoundly absurd yeah it's profoundly absurd oh, he probably didn't forget he was reading from teleprompter oh that's even worse that's because you don't worse. need to forget just read it yes are you saying he's not forgetful he just can't read. So he stumbles over the word secretary while he's reading it, and he can't go back and reread the word secretary. And he has to folksy correct it. But he I, said I actually, the word. Yeah. What's weird about that is he said the word secretary, yeah. right? Didn't he? I mean, no, in, in he, their, didn't, he didn't finish They're putting that. it in their transcript as yeah. if he said it. No, he just oh, said, he said sec. sec. And then he went general. The so former, he went from sec I want to, to think former, sec, the former general. I keep calling him general, my, the guy who runs that outfit over there. But what's funny. Okay. So it's, so I have a theory, JC. You gotta go let me talk this now. Uh, this is my theory, right? You asked the rhetorical question of why they're letting him do all of this, mm -hmm. right? I, I have a theory. I think connecting all the dots, I know what the, the why they're doing that. Number one, there's, there's always like, several options that they put up sort of like a, a you know you have a if you're you're attacking away you don't go with one plan of attack sure. you have several different and mm -hmm. whichever one pans out the best that's the one you grab for right. right so number one i think what they're waiting on first is for the republicans to come out and condemn biden 
so that they can blame the Republicans and they can take all this and they say, see, they're just doing, they're just retaliating against us because what, yeah, it's just revenge. But I don't think the Republicans are going to fall for that I because either. I watch the Republicans saying, and I'm, and I'm searching through the news and I'm watching them saying, just wait now. The Democrats are going to talk about the 25th Amendment. The mm -hmm. Democrats, because everybody knows, JC, everybody knew before Biden was elected that Biden was put in that slot so Kamala Harris could be president. So rather than Ever. be concerned about having a mental invalid at the helm of the ship of state, yeah, everybody's playing politics is what you're saying. Oh, are you kidding me? You think that anybody... <laughs> In Washington, D.C., in the establishment politics division, gives a hoot about any person at all. Nope. It's always about political gamesmanship. Right. It's all about my power, my control, my gain, my wealth, my avarice, my greed. And, the, and, and how, do we, how do we not only retain power, but how do we gain power? Right. So number one is going to fail because the Republicans are going to do that. Or number two. Right which is an option you said, that the dude actually drops dead, right? Which is, again, this is elder abuse, mm -hmm. elder abuse. I don't know if Jill Biden is just so sick of being married to sniffing Joe. I don't know what's going on, but she needs to be, I'm, I'm telling you, as a prosecutor, I would be looking at criminal charges against people right now for elder abuse. I can't even imagine how much more elder abuse you could get. You have also option number three. This is where the Democrats actually push forward with uh, the 25th Amendment, which allows the vice president and the executive branch to question the mental capacity of the current sitting president. Yeah. That is also an option, but they will do it in such a way, right? That they get the sympathy for it. See, options two and three are not about, because remember, it's all political gamesmanship, right? Options two and three are so you feel sorry for the Democrats, so you feel bad for them, so you're thinking, oh, they wanted him so bad he to have his day and... They, you know, he waited so long for this time and he, you know, he, he worked so hard 40 years to get to this moment and uh, uh, what a shame and sad thing. Oh, poor Jill Biden, the loss and the loss to the Democrat party. Thank God we have a strong woman like Kamala Harris, who's ready to step up and take over. And that's what they'll say. That's exactly how it will go. Maybe just trying to build public support. In the media. Yeah, yeah. Well, support and sympathy, yeah. right? So you see how bad this is. Eventually, the Democrats, as well as the, I mean, the Republicans aren't feeling much sympathy. I mean, I think as from humanity perspective, we feel bad for him, right? But we knew this was happening at the time he got elected. Everybody mm. said before he even got elected that they're just simply electing him. Yeah. Right? They're just simply electing him so Kamala Harris can move in and be president because they know Americans, even the Democrat Party, would never, ever, ever elect Kamala Harris president of the United States.
Even the the progressive Democrat Party would not elect Kamala Harris president. And you know what, JC? I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that she's a woman. I don't even think that it has anything to do with the content of melanin in her skin. I think that people in the Democrat Party who are still the majority boomers would not elect Kamala Harris president of the United States because she's a communist, because she's a socialist. Well, that's where the, and the, the majority fight between the establishment and yes, the radical wing yes. of the Democrat Party. She's she's a uh, she's a clear member of the radical wing, but she, she well, there's done, option number she's, four. She's done well to yeah, because that launches their faction. Yeah, but see, this is the, this is just hidden. option number four. Maybe it's the establishment Democrats that are praying that Biden will make it a little bit longer. Longer? How much longer? I, I don't know. I maybe mean, they're praying for a miracle recovery or something. I believe maybe it'll take a miracle. I think Biden might have had a mini stroke. Because let me tell you what, or a brain tumor, because my grandfather suffered a mini stroke, which was they told us was attributed to a brain tumor. And his Biden's behavior, JC, is almost identical to what I saw my grandfather go through hmm. after because the stroke is what us made uh, what made them look at his brain and found the brain tumor. I walked up on my grandfather one day in the grocery store and he had no idea who I was because I was out of context. He didn't, ex nobody had told me I was him. I was coming. He wasn't expecting to see me at the grocery store. And so he had no idea who I was. I think that Biden has a brain tumor or some kind of brain malfunction in that way. A mini stroke. That's well, in the, a part in the of very least, I mean, they allege, they allege they, you know, the guy gets physical and this sort of thing. I mean, it, like I said, it seems to me, even in the short amount of time from, you know, back when he got the physical to now, right? He, his condition is degrading. Yeah. Which it, was my grandfather as it well. It me. was like, as soon as they found the brain tumor, it was bam, yeah. he, his cognitive abilities and this my grandfather was a brilliant man i mean absolutely brilliant man so and, and so it just the, went quick it went really quick so the media just seems content to play their role you yeah. know the, here's the script yeah. you got to play this script and it's like they're not capable of reacting in compassion or concern right. or whatever right. because that doesn't fit the script they just have to do what they're told and and disseminate the narrative that they're supposed to disseminate. And by way of review from yesterday's show, because remember, this is a two part show. Uh, by way of review, we have this article at chrisannhall.com why the media ha has become a tool of the political complex and the history of the office of uh, what was it? The, the Committee of Public Information mm -hmm. by Woodrow Wilson, the OWI Office of War Information by FDR. Both offices intentionally created to be offices of propaganda who are run by journalists, right? People that people trust. And this is the history that you need to know on how we get here today, because through this history is why we have the, uh, operation mockingbird. You have all of these things, by the way, somebody, somebody, um, chastised me, JC, did you know operation mockingbird is not real? It was actually a, 
a uh, invented conspiracy by the ultra right to, um, you know, create a distrust for the media? Yeah, I recommend you do your homework. <laughs> Seriously. This Operation Mockingbird was actually declassified. So it is real. So if somebody comes to you and tells you, hey, this is not real, uh, you need to actually go and watch this. Now, as a supplement to this series, I want to show you that today I have published the new video uh, proof coordinated narrative to silence public speech. And it looks like we're having some technical difficulties. So let me go YouTube ahead. YouTube is not cooperating. Yeah, YouTube is not cooperating. So let's go ahead and do this now. There we go. Oh, sorry. Now I'm not cooperating. All right. Okay, so here I wanted to show you that we have a video. Uh, published today, Proof the Coordinated Narrative to Silence Conservative Speech. This is the video of the congressional hearing, the Committee on Communication and Technology, where they're going to revamp speech. Go to the YouTube channel and watch that. But I want to talk about this today, JC. This is the main thing, the main frame I want us to get to today. This, by the way, is a report, and I'll go ahead and share it to you before I um, increase the size of it so you can see what this is. This is a report by Texas State University. And what they call this is the um, 10 stages of genocide. When in reality, they also call it Stanton's 10 stage model. Now, I don't call it, 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 that is a misnomer. And I believe that name actually helps this propaganda tool to come to completion. Because if you're looking for a government to create, to commit genocide on a people, you're already through uh, seven stages of this psychology before you even get to the genocide, you've missed it all. And so what I call this are the stages of isolation, manipulation, and elimination of opposition, political opposition. Mm -hmm. And I think that more accurately describes this. But I wanted everybody to see this because I want you to see how this works, is working in today's society. So step one is called classification. So if you want to eliminate opposition in, po in politics or in society, they focus on the genocide part. I'm telling you, this is also a speech. You want to isolate people's ability to speak freely and vocally and uh, display in other forms of speech their opinions. You want to silence people. Classification is step number one, where members of society are divided into groups referred to as us and them. Now, in this study by the University of Texas, the division occurs, they say, because of differences in ethnicity, race, religion, nationality, culture, or language, I would say politics as well. 
and occurs uh, and serves to drive the us versus them mentality needed to progress further along in the stages of isolation, manipulation, and elimination, mm -hmm. right? So the first thing that you have to do is create a division, which we all know is easy to do because of our tendencies in tribalism. But how more, I, I don't know, JC, maybe because I'm more in focused on this stuff and more of a political junkie these days, it just seems to me in the last 50 years, the political polarization between Democrat and Republican has really ramped up. Mm -hmm. It's been an us versus them. So they started off with a Democrat versus Republican as us versus them. You can't be that people. We don't want to be a part of that group, that kind of thing. Only vote for the people with the R and only vote for the people with the D. Well, I think in keeping with this study, it, you know, we we shifted at some point from having two sort of spheres of, uh, of views of how to how government should function, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And it became this groupification, if you will, this tribalism in, in the sense of classification mm -hmm. where that it was no longer two different worldviews. It, it became kind of personalized in that, you know, like with the terms fringe, like you, that's that group over there is somehow weird oh, and well, that's and actually what outlier. What I was getting to next, the division between Republican and Democrat, it was decided at some point was not enough. Mm -hmm. So then you had to divide within the parties. You have yeah. the establishment and the alt right. You right. have the socialist liberal right leftist and then you have the establishment democrats you yeah. have the you know the 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 historical democrats kind of thing right and so what happens is is you can stay in this classification stage as long as it's necessary to divide the people to a point where they're weak because they're so divided so each individual group is now infighting in their main classification. So then uh, step number two, which can happen in the middle of step number one, right? These are linear, but they can happen on top of each other. So you have symbolisms, derogatory names or symbols associated with the classified them in order to play on the fears and insecurities of the dominant group. So if you see somebody with a rebel flag, if you see somebody with a MAGA hat, if you see somebody with a, you know, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's hard to envision how that has been used against Democrats because they have become the dominant group and it's been the conservative speech and the conservative uh, uh, perspective that has been the one that has been the them, right? So they're now the derogatory names. You're a racist. You're a misogynist. You're a homophobe, right? Then you have dehumanization. The minority gr group shifts to pariah, not worthy of life. Dehumanization removes guilt and aberrance of persecution and extermination by equating the minority group as nothing more than vermin, animals, or disease. Ones who need to be exterminated by drone strikes. Yes. 
how many Republicans, in their own country? How many Democrats did we see in that montage during Trump's Senate trial of the Democrat politicians threatening Trump supporters and you know, uh, if you're in, if you say Constitution or Liberty, then you deserve to die. Yeah. The what was the? You don't deserve any rights. Was the um? Was it a professor or what have you? Mm -hmm. uh, Rush Limbaugh should have oh, suffered yeah. a Rush Limbaugh death or should have like suffered that. until his last breath. You've heard many, many, many yes. comments from the group like that. So organization is a top-down policies are implemented in, in the organization stage by formal or informal groups of militias. Mm -hmm. Now in this, we wouldn't call this militias, right? Unless you want to refer to Antifa yeah. or BLM. Absolutely. That way, right? Mm -hmm. the, you're going to get into the aggressive nature of the attack. Polarization. Propaganda and hate groups intensify their attacks on the minority groups in order to further isolate them from the, and I would like to put in that, new social norms. Then the planning and implementation, implementation of the elimination. I want to say new social norms. I mean, just regular societal norms and in, in saying the things that ordinary people should be able to do, you can't do. Like you're not yeah, allowed to go true. sit outside at a restaurant right. and eat your dinner yeah. without being attacked. Uh, right. you, you're not supposed to enjoy, uh, you know, having a company because you have some sort of views. You can't be on so social media or digital platforms that everybody else is on because of right. your views and whatever. So basically the societal norms, I think, is just everything that one would expect anybody to be able to enjoy. But now you're targeted that the hate uh, and isolation targets and so basically saying you don't belong. Now let's look here. We have a, a step between symbolization and dehumanization as, as well called discrimination. Political power, laws, and customs are used to control the targeted group, stripping them of their basic rights, freedoms, and privileges. Sure. I mean, see that going on now. Right? You, you can't speak in public. You can't speak mm -hmm. at a college. You can't say things on social media. Right. You also have the dehumanization aspect of the masks, because if you refuse to wear a mask, you are now part of the pariah group. And so you have all of that stuff in there. Then you have persecution. Minority groups are identified and targeted for abuse, maltreatment, searches and seizures and forced into camps or deportation. They have all of these. This is the progression of isolation, manipulation and elimination of opposing opinions and opposing uh, ideologies. And this is something that I call deep psychology because it's been around for a very long time. We seem to be teetering right there on the boundary of, of stage seven. I mean, sometimes yeah. you don't know if it's planning, you don't know what, I mean, what plans are there? Yeah. Um, but well, when the you planning listen to the, when you listen to the public officials, yeah. particularly the, radical Democrats now and the way they're speaking. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it would take very much to convince them JC, we, to commit mass murder. The whole video that I have of the coordinated effort to, to silence conservative speech is the planning. The subcommittee, the House subcommittee 
of communication and technology is planning on how to regulate conservative speech and planning on how to silence any media outlet or any person speaking that disagrees or opposes their ideology and their narrative. I would suggest to you this doesn't have to, I mean, it, it doesn't rise to the level of genocide yeah, that's in the my sense point. of uh, the, what I was going to say, this can happen in sort of isolated places with groups. So mm-hmm. if you sort of, if you sort of thought, I don't know when we say genocide, people think of a, you know, the sort of mass nationwide murder, you know, some, some big stuff, yeah. group of people, but I, I would think just elimination of a, of a group of right. groups of people, elimination right. of groups of people. So when you, I look at this and I think of, as an example, the targeting of the uh, David Koresh group, the Branch Davidians, mm-hmm. you swiftly moved through right. these stages, and the federal government was able to roll in and you know exterminate a massive amount of people right. in that compound. Right. And then when you look at the final stages after extermination is the denial. Right. Perpetrators insist no crimes were committed by actively destroying evidence, assigning blames to the victims themselves. Right. I mean, so the whole Branch Davidian episode just lines up perfectly with every single stage in this place. So I don't think and it so has to be this massive national scale. Right. Right. This this these stages are the very same when you you're targeted, isolate you know, demonize, you divide and and demonize a group to justify what you're going to do. And then you take them out and you've eliminated, you know, your own guilt and anybody else, you know, blaming you or whatever. They, oh, well, they were obviously bad guys because they, you know, they showed us this all along, you know. So you lead the population to believe. (laughs) Hello. uh, To believe that. and, and And this is what you end up with. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I want to point out that it's not about snuffing here, out life, Come but here, snuffing out voices. Come and say hello to the folks. Come here, macaroni. <laughs> Come say hi. <laughs> it's not about snuffing out life it's, and it, about snuffing out voices and, and opinions and perspectives until one remains. Let me give you a couple examples and then we've got to go today. So we have here um, Newsweek, right? Newsweek, I hate it here, trends on Twitter after Greg Abbott lifts mask mandate. So now you have Texans who are now isolating and persecuting people for wanting to be free from government mandates. And then you have, again, I'll remind you, that we have the silencing, the elimination of six Dr. Seuss books because somebody doesn't like what they have to say, right? And so you have a problem now with, these are just- Did you say tw- trends on Twitter? Is that what you yes, said? Yes, trends on Twitter. Yeah, so th- that that is, um, I mean, th- this is a great example of propaganda. Yeah. Okay, because- this is an absurd story. Yes. That something's trending on Twitter. I don't care what it is. Okay. And I know we, we met with people a couple years ago mm-hmm. that the entire basis of how they predicted what was going to happen in the world and in politics was based on what was trending on Twitter and that sort yeah. of thing. I spoke to you privately and said, 
that doesn't make any sense. Right. Because here's the thing about Twitter. It's number one. It's the smallest yeah. social media. Very tiny, very small fraction. Right. Number two, it is massively skewed to the left. Right. Not just left, but the radical, politically rabid left. Right. So it is an right. absolutely non-representative opinion of what Americans think. Yep. So exactly. I exactly. hate it here on Twitter. That is not news. That right. is not a newsworthy story. There is nothing. You can base nothing on that phenomenon. And I don't care whether it's something on the right trending or something on the left trending. What trends on Twitter is representative of enough or, or a very small thing of mm -hmm. radical political uh, partisans. And so the very idea that Newsweek, like Newsweek supposed to be, uh, you know, so, so prestigious or whatever is one of the first that bought in, that threw mm -hmm. in with the CIA and, and Department of Defense propaganda back in, in, in the day. Uh, so it, it's just absurd. The whole premise is ridiculous that your entire story, because now there's there is no story in Newsweek, I promise you, of anything trending anywhere about what conservatives thought about the man ma mass mandates right. and all this stuff all along, right. except to attack those. Any instance of, of an opposite opinion trending anywhere within the last two years, you I guarantee you go through Newsweek archives and you can find many, many attacks on those opinions. Somehow, because this is tw trending here in the favor of their narrative, this is somehow a story on the smallest social media network that represents a skewed leftist opinion. This, right. this, is, this is garbage journalism, propaganda. This is disinformation, which brings up something that I wanted to to point out, maybe I didn't do it so clearly. Uh, let's notice that we are talking about dominant groups, not necessarily majority groups. Correct. We're talking about the people who dominate politics, political sure. power, dominate speech, dominate society. And those, the opposite of those are called minority groups, right? So it doesn't have anything to do with the size. Somebody's like, well, white people, we still have more white people. There are more Trump. We have 75 million who voted for Trump. Okay, but you're misunderstanding here. This has not, domination has nothing to do with who has the most people. And historically speaking, and this is something that I've tried to tell people, you've tried to tell people in the reign of socialism, but historically speaking, it has always been large numbers controlled by small numbers. Correct. It's about strategic positioning. Yeah. This is what that's what ticks me off so much about Twitter as an example. It, it the smallest of these platforms, right? This mm -hmm. the smallest number of users, and but it's we've allowed it to be the loudest voice, the most influential. I mean, right. we allow these things. The, the fact that. Uh, who is this? Um, what's his name? Jack Dorsey. And I mean, th that he's called to Congress. Right. To answer for whatever, because of his tiny little platform. Right. Which is, a, I mean, it's like a little, you know, a little pipsqueak in the corner with the biggest mouth. And relative to social media. It is the, I mean, it's the, most it's the smallest. Media. Look it up. Google yeah. it. I mean, it's the smallest, but we media, give it power. It's unbelievable. So, social media as a whole is not a large segment of the American population. And so in that small segment of social media people, you have an even minute more segment, a more minute segment 
who are on Twitter. Well, you, yeah, and it we give it power. Yeah, I'm telling you, it takes it. It pisses me off. Okay, just gonna be frank. You, you got conservatives whining. Eh, I'm not on Twitter, and let me on Twitter, and please let me on Twitter, and they kick me off Twitter. We we give it power. Mm -hmm. This little minuscule platform. Mm -hmm. And and so now you have news articles. Oh, tw trending on Twitter. Who freaking cares? Who's Twitter? Yeah. Who cares what? Who's saying what in Twitter? But I mean, this it, is it's absurd. It's it's crazy how out of perspective and proportion this is. And well, we've created it because this is the prime example of the definition of propaganda. Indeed, it is information that is given to manipulate people into believing in a political ideology. That's what in, political into, propaganda is. And I would say more clearly into believing that which is not so. This is how you can have yeah. some little midget, pipsqueak, brown-haired, brown-eyed Austrian ruling over Germany saying the perfect people are, you know, six-foot-something, blue-eyed, blonde-haired. Like, this is, this is Twitter to me. Yeah. It's completely the opposite. The paradox. Of, yes, the paradox of what, what, of the you, message. What, what you're giving it this sort of power, this is what it is, and it's this big thing. And it's not. I hate it here. It's 20 on Twitter. Who cares? Five people in the corner said they hate big red bubble gum. So what? Who are they? I mean, it's just crazy. The power we give to these meaningless mm -hmm. groups and entities. Yes. It, 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 Oh, it chaps my hide. I tell you what. Absolutely. If, if, if Twitter, if that word was never spoken again, and we never referred to this again, everybody left it, you turned it off, and no news agency reported anything going on there. The world would I not would change. I would love, I mean, I would throw a party. Nothing would change in the world. No. Nothing. It's ridiculous. Except for what happens in people's minds. It's ridiculous. Right? We have given minds. ourselves over to this digital tyranny. Yeah. So, JC, as promised, this is uh, National Women's Appreciation Month. I want to introduce you to my favorite founding mother. My favorite founding mother is Mercy Otis Warren. She is the first American woman playwright the first American woman historian. She wrote a three-volume book called The Rise, Progress, and Termination of the American Revolution, and the first to write about it as a woman. She is the first American woman political advisor, JC. Look at this, letter to John Adams. Mercy Otis Warren, all those men that you think about as being the founders of America, they contacted her for advice in writing, in consultation. Mercy Otis Warren is probably one of the most uh, influential anti-federalist writers as well. The anti-federalists were those who had questions about the Constitution during the ratification votes, and she wrote letters about it. So powerful, you know, that was her writing that she changed the way people thought about that. And she, she is an American woman of firsts, an American woman to whom America would not exist without her. And so into this month, when you're hearing about all these women and all the things that they've done, I want us to remember 
who they're not telling you about. They are not telling you about the women who are the firsts of the firsts. They are not telling you about the women who made America. And the reason they're not telling you about those women is because they want to create division and they want women to hate America and its foundation because you have an us them mentality then that destroys America as as from the inside out right so teach your daughters your granddaughters your nieces your nephews your sons about your grandsons about Mercy Otis Warren you can find her at libertyfirstuniversity.com in our forgotten founders series uh, and Mercy said this we will stand against tyranny today or our children will bow tomorrow. This is the American principle. This is who we are. And no woman exemplifies the American spirit or American heritage greater than Mercy Otis Warren. And so the fact that we eliminate her from our vocabulary and from our history to me, JC, if I can just be so bold to say, is disgusting. It is repulsive and revolting. And so bring her back. Please teach your sons and daughters. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you tomorrow.